I am not in a sugar coma. I did not have a cinnamon roll. I intentionally did that so I wouldn't talk too fast if I ate too much sugar. I had that trouble anyway. Oh, well, I thought I'd start in maybe an odd, odd place um, for you guys this weekend. I thought I'd start with a story of a conversation that Moses and God had in Exodus 33. And I, I took it out of the message translation because it just captures the heart um, of this conversation between the two, uh, the two people here, God and Moses. Um, and I think it captures the heart of where we want to go as a church today and for a very long time. Listen to what Moses says to God. He says this, Don't forget, this is your people, God. This is your responsibility. I love how he puts God on the spot there. And what does God say back? My presence will go with you. I'll see this journey to the end. And, and Moses, being like most of us, comes back and says it again, right? Like, um, don't forget we're your people, God. And God says, okay, my presence is going to go with you. But here's what Moses says again. If your present doesn't, presence doesn't take the lead here, call this trip off right now. How else will it be known that you're with me in this, with me and with your people? Are you traveling with us or not, God? I love how bold he is. How else will we know that we're special, God, I and your people, among all the other peoples on planet Earth? How are people going to know that we're unique? How are people going to know that we're different? How are people going to know that we are a people of your presence unless you're with us, God? And so as we come into this weekend, um, I want you guys to know that you are a part of something. I want you to know that you are a part of the Vineyard Church of Central Illinois. That is a huge and important thing for us to understand. We say one church in many locations, though this may be the only location that you've ever been to. But when we worship on a weekend, we're worshiping with thousands of other people in Urbana and Sullivan and Muhammad online that are gathering with us, and we carry something. We carry a unique DNA. We carry a unique personality in the kingdom of God. We, we carry a, a presence with us that is uniquely us. It's uniquely who we are. It's our family-ness, if that makes any sense to you. You guys all have it, probably in your own local family. You know that at Christmas or Easter that's coming up, when you sit around the dinner table, you know that you're with your family. You have something that makes you you. And that's what we're in the season of as a church right now talking about. For the last 39 plus years, we're coming into our 40th anniversary as a larger church, though we're only celebrating two years here locally. We're celebrating who we are as a group of people. And so we took all of January, as Corey said, and we talked about who we are as people of the word, people of God's word. And not just that we read this or memorize it, but that we interact with God's word that we talk to him back and forth, that we say, through our understanding of grace and righteousness and the kingdom of God, how do we view the Bible that way? How do we have a relationship with the author of this book? How do we look in here and go, it's not just something that I have to know so I know the stories of Moses, but how do I actually learn something as I interact with the author on a daily basis? And then we went into February and we said, well, we want to be people of prayer. And I think that most of us, whether you're here for the first time or you've been here for years, um, would say, well, duh, Adam, doesn't every church person want to pray? Like, that's, that sounds like a normal church thing. Um, but we've been being to capture the essence of if we're people of prayer, we're people that feel like we can actually have an intimate, passionate relationship with Jesus, that we can actually talk to him and receive words back from him and have an exchange and a conversation with him. 
And today, we really begin to unpack what it means for us to be people of the presence of God. People of God's presence. People covered with Jesus. People filled with his spirit. Now that one's a little bit harder. That's a little bit less tangible than, okay, I got the Bible thing, maybe I understand the prayer thing, or I'm getting to understand the prayer thing, but people of God's presence, how do I carry God's presence with me? How do I do, as John said, that I walk around as someone baptized in fire? How does that happen? How do I, like Jesus, who when he comes out of the wilderness, how do I walk around as somebody that's clothed with the very presence of God? How do I, like the early church, how do I be filled with the presence of God? How do I, Adam, how in the world do I belong to this line of faith that Paul says every single person is baptized into one spirit? You're clothed, you're dunked into the presence of God. How do I do that? Because we're meant to be carriers of the presence of God. We're meant to be clothed with God. We're meant to be baptized with his very essence. We're meant to take that into all the world, wherever we go. But some of you react one way, and some of you react another way when you hear that. I am meant to be a carrier of the presence of God. Every person who calls Jesus Lord is meant to be a carrier of the presence of God. And some of you hear that, and you go, all right, let's go. I'm ready. My heart like, comes alive when I hear that. And yes, I want to be clothed in the presence of God. I want to go somewhere with Jesus. I want to be filled with him. I want to take the hill that is Bloomington Normal or McLean County or whatever town you live in. You're like, ah, man, let's do it. My heart is saying yes to that right now. But then you don't know what to do with it. You've got all the emotion behind it, but then what do I do with it? But I think actually what happens for most of us is not necessarily that we get really excited. I think most of us get a little bit nervous. I think most of us, when we hear that I'm meant to be a carrier of the presence of God into my daily life, we go, how do I do that? Right? Like, how do I do that? Moses is sitting there on the mountain talking with God, and he's begging him, God, I want to be distinguished. I want you to go with me. How do I do that? I think most of us go, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I carry God with me. That feels like a big responsibility when I go to work on Monday morning, to carry the very essence and the presence of God with me to work, to school, to my neighborhood. And so I want to alleviate your anxiety a little bit this morning because maybe some of you right now are going through in your mind my list of to-dos, right? Well, we're supposed to be people of prayer. I'm starting to figure that out. I'm starting to read at least a verse a day in my Bible so I can be a person of the word. I am super confused, and I'm not sure I want the responsibility of being a person who carries God with me everywhere I go. Well, let's pray, and maybe we can figure it out together. Jesus, um, you're amazing. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you for the celebration of today. Thank you for the heart of today. Thank you for the anniversary. Thank you, God, that you're here and amongst us and alive and willing to partner with us to carry your presence into our community, to carry your presence everywhere we go. So, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you come and be our teacher and teach us how to do this as the people of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, if there's one thing I want to do for every person this weekend, it's this. I want to narrow your focus. I want to narrow your focus to what do I do with the presence of God. I, I want to narrow your focus down into a one simple idea. Whether you're like, my heart is exploding with this idea that I can take the presence of God somewhere, or you're super nervous because you're like, I don't really know how to carry God with me to my job on Monday morning. I, I want to encourage you to one thing, and it's this. 
We all are to be generous with the presence that we've been given. We all are to be generous with the presence of God that's been deposited into our lives as believers. We are to be generous with it. We're not to hold on to it too tightly. We are to let it go into the world around us. And so let me give you this. If you've said yes to Jesus, if you've said yes to following him with your life in any way, shape, or form, if you said, I want to follow Jesus, I believe in the gospel story. I I resonate with it. Yes, Jesus, you're my Lord, you're my Savior. You've said yes to him. If you've made a decision for Christ on any way, shape, or form, God's already said yes to you. He's already said yes to depositing his presence into your life. He's already said yes to putting himself inside of you. Now, that is a big deal because it's very different than what Moses was experiencing. Moses is sitting there on the mountain and going, God, you seem like you're out there. I want you right here with me. And the Old Testament paradigm was this, was that it did work that way. That God was far away, and he wasn't near to every person on the planet. He would sometimes fall on certain people or certain leaders and empower them to great stuff. But we have this promise in the New Covenant that when we say yes to Jesus, his very life, presence, essence, spirit, all of him begins to take up residence within us. And we have him with us wherever we go. That should take off a tremendous amount of pressure from you guys. You should go, ah, I don't have to do anything. I just have to believe, and then I receive God into my life. That takes a tremendous amount of pressure off of us. Now, there's an old vineyard illustration, and in fact, I was reminded it was Ben this morning that would do this. Um, Ben, who's now the pastor at our Peoria church, um, that he used to take a glass of milk and set it on a table like this. I should have brought it with me this morning. Um, And... He would say, okay, if you're a believer, when you receive God's presence, you might get the chocolate poured in there. But have you ever seen a glass of chocolate milk that hasn't been stirred up with a spoon? It just looks like milk, right? Um, It's not that the presence isn't down in there, but it hasn't been stirred up yet. And maybe some of you are feeling that this morning. You're going, okay, I do believe in Jesus. Maybe you followed him for a year or two years or ten years, but you've never felt like it's been stirred up in your life. That's okay. We can do that later. But like, I just want to tell you that you do have the very essence of God in you, the very presence of God in you. So take that pressure off. Just take a deep breath. Ah, God, you're with me. Come on, do it with me. God, you're with me. See how like, freeing that is? Now, here's the even better part of this. Did you know the very presence of God is active and alive and working in this church? And not only is it working in this church today, right here in 2018, the presence of God has been active, alive, moving, shaking, doing things in our church for nearly 40 years. In May, I think is the actual anniversary, it will be 40 years of the legacy of faith built by the Vineyard Church here in central Illinois. Think about that. Think about what you're a part of. Think of the legacy that you're sitting on, standing on right now as a church here today. Think about it. Our senior pastors, Happy and Diane Lehman, received the Holy Spirit. They placed faith in Jesus. They received a miraculous healing back there in 1978. And think about what you've been built on since then. Thousands of people, literally Thousands of people, not figuratively, but literally thousands of people have come to know Jesus through this church. Literally thousands of people have received some form of healing, physical healing, emotional healing, freedom from bondage in their lives because of this church. 
Literally, thousands of people have been fed both spiritually and financially and with food through the ministries of our church. Literally, hundreds of people have stepped into a leadership role in the kingdom of God because of this church. That number might be in the thousands, too. We have planted churches in Indiana, in Chicago, in Mexico, in China, in Taiwan. We've started campuses up all across central Illinois. We have blessed and encouraged people everywhere for 40 years. And you guys sitting here today, though we're celebrating two years, are sitting in a place of on top of that mountain. You guys have, are resting on the very presence of God and how it's been moving for so long. Now, to me, that encourages the snot out of me. Like, I get super excited about that. That not only does Jesus live in me and want to move through me and has given me his presence, but I'm resting on a legacy of 40 years of him doing that. But it's better than that. It's not just what we're built on in the legacy of faith through the Vineyard Church of Central Illinois, but for the last two years, the presence of God has been moving in this community in a powerful way through this church. I want to share a few stories with you guys this weekend I want to start with this one from Billy and Miranda Deckelman. They were in our first service this morning. And I asked a lot of people to send me stories um, as we were celebrating our two-year anniversary. And I didn't get to share all of them this weekend. There's, there were so many good stories of what God has done that I can't share them all. But I'm going to share two with you guys this morning. Listen to this one from Billy and Miranda. Billy and I moved to Bloomington Normal in the summer of 2015. And we did the usual, and she puts it in quotation marks, church shopping. Anybody ever done that? She did the church shopping thing um, when we relocated, and we landed at a well-known church here in the Bloomington community. We were weekly attenders to Sunday services, and we started going to a small group. But we felt like when we went there, something was missing. At that time, we were walking out a fertility journey that had been, we had been unable to conceive for nearly two years. We realized we were not surrounded by other believers who would join with us in believing for the power of God to break through in a miraculous way. That's when my husband came across the Vineyard's website. I love this, right? Internet evangelism. He comes across, he comes across the website, and he says, hey, there's a local campus of the Vineyard right here in Bloomington. We should go check it out. So in October of 2016, we attended our first Sunday service, and we quickly started coming every week. And in January of 2017, we decided we'd join a small group. So just over a year ago, we're going to join a small group. Our small group was, I love this line, our small group was a game changer for us. Yay, small groups. Our first small group gathering, our, church, our, our leaders of the small group, Brad and Charlie Heller, they challenged the group to share what were we going to believe God to do in the next year. What are you believing God for in the coming year? Being new to the group and me being at an all-time low because we couldn't have a baby, I asked my husband to share a little bit of our journey because we wanted breakthrough in our fertility situation. On the first night, the group asked if they could pray over us. On the very first night at small group, and they said they wanted to release God's power into the situation. What's the small group asking you to do? You're here, we're gathered, we're sharing our lives together. We want to release the very presence of God into this situation that seems like it's impossible for you guys. It was something we'd never received in our entire time in any previous small group. We now had a community of believers ready and willing to partner with us on this journey. She says shortly after that, the church entered into a fasting time um, as a leadership group, and we joined with them. And so we fasted for a couple of months, and we learned that at the end of the fast, after two and a half years, 
despite multiple diagnoses, surgery, and other interventions, after two and a half years, at the end of our fasting time, we conceived our first child. Pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. But what I love is she keeps going, right? We had an uncomplicated pregnancy, and a healthy baby girl was born in October of 2017. So not that long ago, guys. It was just a year after we found the vineyard in central Illinois. We connected with other like-minded believers for breakthrough and we're forever grateful for their encouraging words and for the prayers of our small group. But she keeps going. Jesus has impacted us over the last year, not just in our fertility journey, not just in our miraculous healing, not just in us expanding our family, but he's developed our prayer lives. He's developed our, our passion to minister for others. Jesus is developing our ability to operate in the prophetic, to encourage people, to inspire people, and to reveal his love for others. We know, I love this line, that God has a calling for our marriage. We know that God has something more for us. Now that we've received a blessing, we've got more to give away. What a story, right? I love this. What happens? Somebody starts coming to church, they have a breakthrough that they need desperately, and the church comes alongside them. Very simply, in prayer, in encouragement, in being with them and sitting with them through the pain, we were people of the presence right there. So let me encourage all of you to do this today. If, if we want us to be generous with the presence of God that's been deposited into our lives, the first place we should start is at church. The first place we should start being generous with the presence of God in our lives is at church. Why? Is there a bunch of people sitting in this room, and there was a whole other flock of people that were here first service, that call this place home, right? And they're sitting in this service, and you know what? They believe in the same things you do. Like, they're sitting right next to you going, I love Jesus. Jesus lives in me. It's really easy to be generous with the presence of God with the people that are sitting right next to you. They're here as like-minded believers. Paul says it this way in Philippians chapter 2. If there's any encouragement from being united in Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any participation in the Spirit, if we're all participating in the presence of God together, if any affection and sympathy, then complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and only of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, do what? Count others more significant than yourselves. Share what you've got. Be generous with what you've got. Let each of you not look only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Release the presence of God among those who are already in the boat, so to speak. Those that are already a part of the church of God, begin to let it go and let that out. And Actually, as Corey and I were talking about this weekend, that's one of the things that we really wanted to celebrate with this body of believers, with this campus, is this, is that we want to say thank you. We want to say thank you to all of you who have made this a place where people have been generous with what God has given them. God has given each of you time, talents, resources, a capacity to love, a capacity to heal, a capacity to encourage each other, and we've seen you guys share that with each other, and it has just blessed us like crazy. Let me give you just like the way we've, some of the ways, I mean, there's so many, we couldn't share them all this morning, but some of the ways we've seen God do this in the last two years. So when, when we were in our sleep-deprived state, as Corey mentioned during offering this morning, um, and wondering, God, is this really you? Um, do, we, uh, we said, well, you know, the first thing we should do is like go up to, to Bloomington, um, and we asked another local church if we could borrow their, one of their meeting rooms, and we're just going to see if anybody would be interested in a vineyard campus up there. Twelve people showed up. 
Corey and I were two of those, and one of them was my assistant who had to be there because she was taking notes. So basically nine people showed up. I, we were thinking about this during between services. I had forgotten about that. So nine people showed up at this meeting, basically. Um, and we're going, God, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but we, and then we began a journey to pray together about, God, what are you going to do? That was the start of our journey. What was fun was this weekend, when I got ready for this weekend, I, I got postcards together, and maybe some of you guys got these, um, I got postcards together and began writing, writing out addresses and getting them all together to send out in the mail. And there was like 200 families that have been here at least once in the last two years. That's amazing. Think about that for a second. Think about how God has said yes to what's going on here. Think about how God has said yes to the kingdom of God expanding and blooming to normal. Think about how God has said yes to my presence is so amazing. I'm going to send it with that group of nine and it's going to explode. It's going to be so good. Or think about this. When we started with that small group, we had a small group. We had one small group, right, that got together um, on Tuesday nights in a hotel um, to talk through the stuff we were going we to attempt to do over the next couple of years. And then all of a sudden, we have multiple small groups. We have kids' small groups. We have teen groups that get together. God is moving and breathing and doing things in groups of people and pockets of people loving on each other throughout this city almost every night of the week through this church. That's amazing. It's truly amazing. Or, or I, I like this because baptism is just absolutely one of my most favorite things on the planet. But baptism is somebody saying, I'm going to stand up in front of a crowd of people, whether I'm nervous about it or not, but I'm saying, I'm dying to my old life, I'm being raised to new life in Jesus, and we've had 16 baptisms in two years. That is incredible, guys. That is incredible. And you know what's even more amazing? Is we have never, ever, ever been able to get the heater to get the baptism water warm. Right? I know. I've got pictures of his face when he came out of the water, and it was cold. It was cold. <laughs> Sorry. God's done some amazing... I love these family talks. Uh, uh, God has done some amazing stuff. And, but you know what? Beyond all that, you know what else has happened that's just been incredible? Like, one of the things that takes place in, in a new church setting is... We have to become generous, not just of the presence of God, but sometimes we have to become generous to get, like, the place running, if that makes any sense. And I remember thinking, this was probably Corey and I's biggest conversation when we were getting ready to start. It's like, we don't have enough people to support this thing, <laughs> to support this thing. So we're going to have to really rely on, on Urbana. So if you guys didn't know, Mike and Julie Yoder are the, the pastors at Urbana. They're here with us today. But, um, yeah, all right, you guys are here. If you haven't met them yet, but we were like, we have to really rely on Urbana and Sullivan and the, the team to get us started because, you know, we want to pay the bills, you know, those kinds of things. And so um, we were looking at this this week because for me, I like perspective and reflection and context and all those kinds of things. And I was like, our very first month, our offerings were about $3,500. Now we average over $12,000 on a weekly basis because you guys have been generous You've been generous. You said, I believe in what God is doing here. I believe that he wants to move through this city. Yeah, I believe he wants to change lives. I believe that Jesus wants to partner with us to see everything transformed for the kingdom of God. Oh, I believe that. I believe in the kingdom of God breaking in in this place. And so we just say thank you for that. And, you know, one of the ways that we've seen that really happen um, in our generosity initiatives, I mean, we've seen um, us give to things like Convoy of Hope, and our holiday offering, 
um, our Thanksgiving food box outreach that we've, we've done now, I think, three years. The first time we did it, there were nine families we blessed. It was awesome. Last year, we blessed 60 families at Thanksgiving. It was amazing. And that's because you guys have stepped in and done so much to bless what God is doing here, to say, yes, I see what God's doing there. Let me be a part of it. And that doesn't have anything to do with the Kingdom Kids volunteers and the youth volunteers and our ushers and our welcome people and the tech people and the worship teams. I love our worship team. Our worship team is just amazing. I, I just think we have the best worship team for a church our size on the planet. I just never see anything like it. And that's some of the gifting and the legacy that we sit on as the vineyard. Um, but God has really, really blessed us there. And I don't think this is the end, right? We're just getting started with the presence of God moving powerfully in Bloomington Normal. So what do we need to do? We need to begin to steward what God has already deposited in us. God has already deposited the presence of God in our daily lives. He's already deposited his presence in this church for the last 40 years and especially in the last two years here. So what do we do? Because I think there's an incredible thing that happens when we say yes to Jesus. When we say yes to the presence of God moving in our lives. When we say yes to it, it's like God goes, I give you more so that you can give away more. I give you more so that you can give away more. Do you remember Billy and Miranda's story? It was like, they got their miracle. And they could have stopped. But they're like, no, we believe God is giving us more to do. There's a calling on our marriage for something else. There's something more God is empowering us to do. And I think that's what's so incredible about this. Um, it's that... The presence of God doesn't stay within these, I guess it's four walls. feels like a lot of walls. We just expanded, so I'm, anyway, um, a lot of walls around here. The, the presence of God, though, can't stay here in this building. It's got to leak out. And, and here's how Paul encourages us to do it. He says it this way in Colossians chapter 4, and I love, I love, I love, I love how simple he makes this. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on which account I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So what's Paul saying? Don't overcomplicate the sentences. Don't try and figure it out. Just go, what's he saying? Pray. What's he saying? Pray. Pray about it. Keep it simple. Like the, like the video we watched this morning about inviting somebody to church. Pray about it. Who are the people in your life that God is saying, I want to do something through you to affect their lives? Who am I going to empower you to affect? And some of you, it might be your immediate family. Some of you, it might be a coworker. Some of you, it might be a classmate. But who are the people in your life? And Corey, a few weeks ago, encouraged us. Our leadership team has been doing this thing called 8 to 15. That's the number 8, T-O, 15. That most of us have 8 to 15 people in our life that we can pray for. Um, and so there's a little app you can get on your phone. I can show you that after the service if you're interested. Um, that you just simply pray every day. I pray every day at 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock seems to be like this time, you know, in the afternoon when you're like, I really need that extra cup of coffee or maybe a bottle of water. You need to get up from your desk or whatever it is. So I set it for that time. And my phone beeps and just says, pray for your 8 to 15. Pray for the 8 to 15 people in your life. And I just simply say their names out loud to God and say, God, give me an opportunity. And that's pretty much it. That's what Paul's saying. Continue steadfastly in prayer for a door to open for you. And then he says this. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer each person. Pray about sharing the gospel. Pray about sharing your faith. 
pray about inviting somebody to church, and then when the door opens, walk through it. I think this is the one that we struggle the most with. Because I know in my own life, there are times when I've been praying for somebody, and then all of a sudden the door swings wide open for me to walk through it, and I've got someplace to go. <laughs> one of my kids is acting up. <laughs> um, I've got other plans, and yet in that moment, if I would just take a couple extra minutes and walk through the door to invite that person to church, you may not feel comfortable in even sharing the gospel. Invite them to church, and we'll share the gospel. Let's take all the pressure off of you. Invite them to church, and we'll share the gospel. In fact, listen to this story. This is, uh, I want to end with this story today from Teresa, who sent this to me this week. And this is what it's all about. Somebody praying about inviting a friend of theirs to church and then walking through the door when they had the opportunity. Listen to this. Teresa says this. Growing up, I attended church services fairly regularly, but it was a social thing for me. I liked hanging out with my friends at Sunday school, maybe going to VBS or camp. However, when I got older, I started attending the adult services, and things changed. We used to call that going to big church, those of you that have grown up in the church setting. Um, she got to go to big church and didn't like it, basically, is what happened. I remember the formal sermon seemed to be more about preaching at the congregation than having a conversation. I heard all the things that I was to do as a good Christian and all the bad things that I would surely be punished for. God, to me... He sounded angry. He sounded vengeful, like someone that would strike me down if I ever should cross him. So I decided I wanted nothing to do with God, Teresa says. And I stopped going to church as soon as I was old enough to make that decision for myself. Then I met my neighbor, Tracy, in January of 2017, just a year ago. I met Tracy, and I remember the first time Tracy invited me to attend church. Let me say that again. I remember the first time time tracy invited me to attend church for some of you that's a word you've invited somebody to church and they said no and you've never asked them again listen to how persistence pays off i remember the first time tracy invited me to attend church but i don't know <laughs> excuse me but i do know i do know i wasn't all interested she says sorry trace I'd gone around 25 years without God. But it turns out Tracy was persistent. Over the next month or two, she asked me to go a few more times. She invited me just to come to church. And over the next month, or excuse me, one day she even asked me if her small group could pray for me right on the sidewalk outside my apartment. That's weird. But they did it, right? Well, I'm not sure I believed it would do any good. I had some things going on in my life and I figured it couldn't hurt to have somebody pray about it, right? She says this, I had just lost a job um, due to some work conflicts um, with one of their kids and things like that, but I needed the job. I loved the job. I needed the income, so they prayed for me. Here's the cool part. The day after the prayer session, I got a new job. Although I told myself uh, it could have just been coincidence, I decided maybe I'd give God another try. In March of 2017, I went for the first time to the vineyard. Everybody was friendly. I was pleasantly surprised by that. Everybody welcomed me. Everybody said hi to me. I love this, this sentence. I love how honest this is. I, I have no idea who gave the message that morning. But I do know it was done in such a way that I understood it and could relate to it. So the next Sunday, I woke up excited to return and learn more. And even a year later, I find myself actually looking forward to Sunday morning. 
than this word was created with. I've reached so many milestones over the past year. Most of them involve simple things like, I didn't like to sing with the worship team, so I just whispered in the back or mouthed the words, but now I actually sing. I didn't understand that whole going up, up front for prayer thing at the beginning of end of service, but now I'm finding I'm doing that too. I was afraid of seeming pushy or annoying with my friends, but now I find myself inviting others to attend services with me. The more my faith grows, the less things scare me. In fact, I'm finding myself more and more excited to share this part of my life with others. The biggest milestone, of course, was my decision to get baptized towards the end of last year. And she says this, I was making the choice because I was truly ready to give my whole life over to Jesus. I was ready. Now, I can't read everything else she shared. She shares like three other stories with me, but let me give you some highlights. My life has been far from perfect. It seemed like there was, every day there was a new bump in the road, she says. And then she goes on to tell these amazing stories where she goes, one day we had no money in the bank account, so I went up for prayer, which I was nervous to do. My husband goes back to get the kids from Kingdom Kids, and on his way back to get Kingdom Kids, he said somebody in the church walked up to him and said, God told me to give this to you, and it was an envelope full of money. Okay. That's pretty amazing. Maybe that's not amazing to you guys, but I think I... Um, she said, he says, God told me you might need this. Um, her husband is not a believer, by the way. Um, another time, they had a flat tire. They went in. The guy said, um, we need to replace all your tires. We don't have the money to do that. He said, well, can you afford the $40 installation fee? Yeah. Okay. And the guy put new tires on the car. Here's how she ends. I have so many more stories like this one. I'm like, really? I want to hear more stories like that. That's awesome. Man, what a life. All right. And she says, in fact, every single time I've been in a bind, we've received exactly what we've needed. Isn't that just like God? These hurdles in life that are thrown at me seem impossible to jump over. And she says this, but I've jumped and I continue to jump every single time because I am no longer alone. Gosh, that's awesome. I didn't write this. She just took it, right? Like, I'm no longer alone. What do I have with me? I have the presence of God in my life, and everything is different. Everything has changed. Look at what can happen in just a year with one person. This is what's so amazing about Teresa's story is this, is that we are to be people of the presence towards the world around us, right? To share it with our neighbors, our family, our friends, our coworkers. But no longer is Teresa somebody that we're extending the presence to in love. She's now one, right? She's somebody filled with the presence of God in our daily life. But don't miss this. How did it start? What was the first thing that happened? Somebody did what? Oh, you guys are so much quieter than the first service. Somebody did what? Do you think we make it too complicated? The generous with the presence thing. Do we make it too complicated? I know I do. What'd she do? She asked. She said, no, I don't need God. She asked again. She said, no, I don't need God. She asked again, no, I don't need God. I have crisis. Can I pray? Gosh, guys, think about how 
simple this is. It is so simple for us to be generous with what God has given us. We pray about it. We ask. Because here's what happens. When we become generous with the presence of God, not only does our life begin to change, because our heart goes out to the people that are right in front of us in love, our homes begin to change. When we don't keep it all to ourselves, our home begins to shift and change and become something different. Our schools, our neighborhoods, our jobs. This is how cities get turned upside down. When the people of God go be the people of God everywhere they go. Let's stand to our feet. I want to pray over you guys. As the worship team comes up and gets ready, I want to pray over you guys. And if you're in a state right now where you're like, I need this. Like, I need something happening in my life. I need the presence of God to impact and change and shift and, and do something new in my life. I want you to just throw a hand up in a surrender. Maybe put your hands out like this. You're like, God, I need more of you. I'm missing it. I don't, I don't always know that you're here, and I want to know that you're here. Or maybe you're like, I want to be empowered to ask. I want to be empowered to, to release the kingdom when I'm not at church, and I don't know how to do that. Maybe some of you are like, I want to be empowered to release the kingdom just at church in my small group. I haven't even figured out how to do that yet. Just, just receive as I pray over you. Jesus, here's what I know. You're awesome. Jesus, you're amazing. You're king and Lord and powerful. And you left everything. You left the very presence of the Father to come be with us for a while as a human being. That's awesome. You came to live amongst us and to show us what it means to live as a person of the presence. You showed us how each and every one of us can interact with the world around us in love and in grace and in healing freedom power. Thank you for that, Jesus. And God, I just pray in this room right now that you begin to wash over the men and women that are here, Lord Jesus. That your love would be deposited into our lives in a fresh way. That we would be empowered in a fresh way. That we would be freed in a fresh way by you, Holy Spirit. Jesus, give us more of you because you are limitless and you will never hold back. Thank you for that, Jesus. God, I believe this. I said this in first service, God, and I'm declaring it out again. I believe this. That this is not just a day of celebration and remembering, but this is a launching pad day, God. This is a day of momentum. This is a day where you're building us into the people of God, filled with your very presence so that we can go out and see our world transformed, see our world changed by your love, by your grace, by your mercy, by your heartbeat, Jesus. God, I pray that your heart would beat in us. And as we worship today, Jesus, fill us. Fill us to overflowing. May we bubble up with more of you. In Jesus' name I pray.